Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. It's the little things in life, really, isn't it? I'm still glowing that Judy Collins just said there. Thank you, darling. (laughs) Uh, Okay, um... Big cinema releases this week, uh, so to have a look at them and a few telly and streaming recommendations as well. I'm joined now by Zara Hederman, freelance pop culture journalist, and Michael Doherty, movies editor of the RTE Guide. You're both very welcome, guys. Um, Zara, uh, Babylon, Mm -hmm. in terms of star power, is the big movie this week. Uh, A a great cast, anyway. Yeah, incredible cast, led by Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and a newcomer, Diego Calva. But within there as well, you've got cameos from Flea, from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Tobey Maguire is in there, Albert Hammond Jr. from The Strokes in there. So it's a real, like, blink and you'll miss them. Now, this is the latest one from Damien Chazelle, which people might know from La La Land. He won an Oscar for that. He was the youngest person to get Best Director for that film. And with that, people might know that he, then with his films, is very interested in telling the story of, like, people within the creative arts and maybe the sacrifices that they have to endure for it, the environment behind the scenes. Babylon is very much about that. So this is about the transition from the silent era into the talkies. So we're in 1926. So a very interesting premise. It wasn't one that I had seen on screen before. I was anxious going into the screen because it's 189 minutes long. Whoa. Three hours, nine minutes. Um, and within that, you know, this is maximalist. It reminds me quite a lot of, say, Baz Luhrmann's work. It also reminded me a bit of Quentin Tarantino. With it, you know, there are some interesting arcs in it. There's some interesting characters, particularly Margot Robbie as Nellie Leroy. She's like this aspiring actress who gets a bit chewed up and eaten out by Hollywood. But within it, I felt that in the three hours, some of the stories and some of the characters just weren't as developed as they could have been, given the amount of time that is in this film. There was a lot of kind of not throwaway scenes, but scenes that definitely didn't really warrant being in the film. Um, it is then as well one of those kind of classic films of a director celebrating film. So it's a film about films. Yeah. And then... it feels. Does it feel like he lost control of it at some time. stage? Like, yeah. Massively. But, but that there's a lot good in there, but it's maybe less than the sum of his parts. That seems to be what the reviewers are a- saying. Absolutely, yeah. And it is a divisive one. Like, I've seen some people kind of give it around the two stars. Other people love it and say that this could be like a masterpiece. Now, when I was watching it there were elements as I said that I really liked but he does lose lose the run of it some of the performance as well I don't really think he gets the best out of them and then I won't spoil anything for the end but there is the final kind of 15 minutes of the film you're just I was personally I was in the screen just like I just did not want this and I could feel it kind of building up to it and I would have preferred for that time to actually been put into the story because as I said this story of like the 1920s going into sound. It's very interesting, but I think I would have benefited from a podcast or a documentary about it instead. Yeah, for for three hours, like you want to be getting some kind of uh, story development. Um, Michael, speaking of masterpieces, um, people are saying Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans uh, is could could be up there as a great movie. It's certainly up there. And when you say the great movie about Babylon, I, th- I think the great movie this week is Fablemans yeah. for all the reasons that are. And I agree with, with, with everything she's saying there. But yeah, it's his 36th feature and it's the first time he has actually, he's wanted for years to make an autobiographical movie. This is his first time. His father died recently. His mother died not so long ago, like 101 and 97. So he had a long time to make an autobiography. <laughs> so this is his story. It's a story of, and anyone who knows Spielberg's, his own arc, you can tell it's very, very accurate. Young boy growing up in Jersey, 
classy Jewish family, you know, bullied at school, family breaking up, and he finds redemption in the cinema. And it's it's absolutely, if you look at the production design, they actually went and they recreated Spielberg's own house. Um, the, the Super 8, Super 16 movies he shoots, they are exactly in the way that they were shot when he was 14 years of age. So it really is very true to him. So much so that many times on set, Spielberg had to actually take a break and walk off set. And the rest of the, of the actors who became, sort of became his family and they yeah. were hugging him. And so Michelle Williams plays his mother and Paul Dano plays his father. And a young actor, Gabriel LaBelle, plays him. And he's a very, very, he's a very, very strong. So actor. it must have been intense for him. Yeah, it was completely. He kept, having, he, he this, kept yeah. having to stop. Kept having, and they were all original stories. You know, yeah. LaBelle was saying because I interviewed him actually on on Friday. There's a name drop there just for the sake of it. Yeah. And he was saying what was very interesting for him was his agent said, "I want you to send, I want you to do an, an audition tape. You're playing a young future film director." And he didn't tell him who it was. And he so he just did an audition tape. Then he tells him a month later, "Oh, by the way, um, there's a guy who wants to speak to you on Zoom now." about appearing in his movie. Oh, his name is Steven Spielberg. Oh, and by the way, he wants you to play him as a 14-year-old. And this 18-year-old Canadian, Gabriel LaBelle, was suddenly facing a Zoom call with Spielberg. And as Spielberg says himself, LaBelle turned tables on him. As soon as he knew he was playing me, Spielberg says... I was supposed to be interviewing him. He interviewed me and interrogated me. And that's how I knew, yeah, this guy is good. He's doing his research. OK, this is, this sounds like there could be magic in it. Yeah, so really it, 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 it is coming to cinemas. Um, yeah, 23rd. 23rd, yeah. so tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Now, on a completely different note then, Zara, mm. Ennis Main, which sounds interesting. So uh, Cornish folk horror Wicker Man kind of vibes yeah, here? Yeah, Wicker Man, um, absolutely for sure. I did keep thinking about that. And also there's a film, The Shout from the 70s, which I also got kind of glimmers of it. This is a very experimental film and it's not your typical film experience in that it's 96 minutes long. It's a very um, light cast as well. It's mainly Mary Woodbine who plays the volunteer. So she is on this island, Ennis, Maine, and she is studying these unusual flowers and documenting their kind of development on the island. And over time, we we only have like maybe one or two devices to give us a time frame. So it's set in the end of April 1973. But within that, some very abstract and non-linear things happen. Some people appear. We don't know if they're actually there on the island with her. And um, there's very little dialogue as well in it. So I would say maybe in the 96 minutes, we get about 15 minutes of dialogue. It's very atmospheric. Okay. Um, and now, this sounds a bit too experimental for casual cinema. It does, Is, sound it, does it work? Absolutely. It really, really, yeah. really does. I I would really urge people to see it in the cinema because the sound design on this is incredible. Also, Mark Jenkin, who made the film, he shot it on 16mm. So it has that really beautiful graininess to the picture, which really makes the island stand out even more. And it actually, at times, you have to kind of remind yourself that this was made in 2022 because it looks very authentically from the 70s. It's really brilliant. It does sound challenging, but it's a very rewarding film. Okay, and it's in cinemas now, is it? The is Lighthouse it, and the IFI. The Lighthouse. Yeah in the i5 but of course yes, yes. okay uh, Michael before we get to uh, the small screen the Oscar nominations are out on Tuesday Tuesday lunchtime yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, are, are we uh, are we building up our expectations too much for no we're not yeah. for once for once we're not yeah. this is going to be very very exciting this could be actually the highest level of Irish involvement the greening of the Oscars if you remember when Colin Wellens when Chariots of Fire got, got the Oscar he jumped up in, in Hollywood and said the British are coming yeah. this could be our the Irish are coming moment I mean not only will we have we'll definitely have a number of, of banshees uh, nominated but Colleen Kuhn you know the little movie that could, mm-hmm. could is really in the running for getting the, the best international best film and not in the English language or wherever they're yeah. calling it now yeah. which would be an incredible I mean for an Irish language film this would be groundbreaking this would be a game changer for Irish cinema yeah yeah and he's also up for like, he's, he's also for script Colin, Colin Baroud so I mean he's, he's up for he's nominated for script for a BAFTA 
not in you know not in the sort of qualifying of not in the English language. He is just up for best script amongst you know all the top guys. Yeah, yeah, extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And come here, has has uh, has on Colin Kuhn, has it been noticed internationally? Very much so. Yeah, I mean it's it, it did the festival circuit from the very outset. I mean Screen Ireland and Cine Four. I mean hats off to both of those guys and to Breakout Pictures. They knew very very early on they had a, a, an Oscar contender, so they actually rolled out the film to the proper festivals. They got PR guys in London, then they got PR guys in the States, and they they made sure the right people saw it. For the last months, they've been in LA having um, Oscar okay, so screenings. Doing need to do doing to, what you need yeah, to do yeah. absolutely and, well, and people are responding and they're getting a lot of people who say my god I love this movie so people are, are getting the, 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 the hard thing to judge is this is the highest amount of Oscar voters ever there's some nearly 10,000 people will vote that's the first time that that, that, that figure's been so high because they opened up because of the accusations of being so narrow and the good thing about it being so narrow, if you like, in the past was you could almost gauge what people were going to vote. It was easy to pick the nominees. Mm. Now it's hard because it's such a diverse demographic. But I think, fingers crossed, if Colin Coon gets on Tuesday morning, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what the Irish is for game changer, but I'll be looking yes. up that word yeah, Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday yeah. at lunchtime. OK, um, Zara, more Irish interest on a new show on Disney Plus, Extraordinary. Yeah, Extraordinary. It's coming on Wednesday. So it's an eight-part. It's called a superhero comedy. So it was created by Emma Moore and while she was studying for her master's in screenwriting, which she graduated only in 2020. So she's a kind of emerging talent. She had previously worked on Have I Got News For You? Um, so this has the story of Jess, who in a world where everyone over the age of 18 has a superpower of one kind of ilk like they're all different ones she hasn't gotten hers yet and she's 25 so her friends and her family um, her mother is played by Siobhan McSweeney who of course was uh, Sister Michael in Dairy Girls she is in it as well and her friends and family kind of rally around her to kind of try and help her get her superpowers and it's as much you know like supernatural as it is you know very human and just about like you know being happy in yourself as well so all eight episodes of that are on Disney Plus from yeah, Wednesday. Michael you picked it as well do you like it? Yeah I think it was very strong it's, it's amazing to see the two like I said the two Cork actresses um, yeah. you know it's one of those it's going to appeal to the YA uh, group but also it's a very strong it's it's very well written and uh, yeah I think it's, and it's great to see So the grown ups could watch this Yeah grown well. absolutely yeah. Yeah. and okay. it's great to see Mairead Mairead who had a very small part in Belfast last year but like she clearly is one to watch mm-hmm. Okay and look uh, a million miles away from that Michael there's a documentary on BBC4 uh, tomorrow night and I suppose a warning from history really Very much so this is, uh, this is Ken Burns uh, it's called The US and the Holocaust now, Ken Burns as people will know is probably the greatest living documentary maker he made a fantastic documentary about the US Civil War he did a superb documentary about Vietnam recently he did the one on jazz the history of jazz this time he's turned his lens on something that will make a lot of Americans uncomfortable mm-hmm. because as we know history is written by the winners so you don't often turn the camera back and have, and have a go at, at your own country for things that they did or didn't do and in this case he's looking at the US involvement around the Holocaust and saying why weren't more Jews saved why didn't, why didn't we rescue more people when we knew what was happening early on in the 30s and it's you know it's very interesting because he actually there was a lot of the problem was with you had isolationists you had reductionists who didn't want you know the uh, the quote of immigrants coming in even even as even after Kristallnacht even after after the war started they still yeah. didn't want to save the Jewish people but what I found fascinating was the way Ken Burns has set it up he starts off with the Statue of Liberty, mentions that yeah, US is a nation of immigrants, then has the famous, you know, bring me your huddled masses. Then immediately has a letter from Otto Frank with his two daughters to the US Department saying, you know, I need I need to get out of here. And he didn't he didn't manage to get out. And I think that sort of focuses the mind wonderfully because if you said to most people, would you have saved Anne Frank? Oh, of yeah, course. Yeah. Well, actually, you didn't when you, you had the yeah. opportunity. Extraordinary. Yeah. OK, so that's uh, the US and the Holocaust and that's BBC4 uh, tomorrow night. Um, 
Zara, before we go, um, why is there another Love Island on? Did Love Island <laughs> just end? Like, what's going on? Well, the success and the popularity of that summer one urged producers to bring back the winter one. So this is the second winter edition. They did have one in 2020, which was watched by under 4 million people. Um, so it's a slightly different format as well with this one where we're in Cape Town, still have 10 contestants, still all looking for love. Um, tonight, um, so we've just finished the first week of it. So we've yeah. already have had... Have you been watching? I have, yeah. It's, it's great anthropological watching, I would say, Brendan. Of course, it's very yes, fascinating yes. to watch. In between these Cornish yes, folk horror films. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and but, we, yeah, but we have, you know, a mix up. We've had a recoupling, we've had a dumping on the island. Um, they're doing a very Our interesting. Heads being turned. Oh, left, right, and centre, <laughs> like from night two. Um, so, what they're doing this season, uh, tonight, I believe it's happening, they're bringing in some Love Island Australia former contestants into the villa tonight to turn the Love Island UK uh, contestants' heads. And there are some very funny and interesting characters whose heads are going to absolutely fall off their shoulders tonight. Okay, so you're enjoying it. I do really enjoy it. Like, I do know that this is a highly scripted reality TV show, but as I said, like, I do enjoy watching the drama unfold before my eyes. Grand, and that continues on Virgin Media 1. Zara Hedeman and Michael Doherty, thank you both very much.